0: Hi everyone, welcome to Freshwater Perspectives. Today we'll be talking about climate change and its impacts to freshwater fishing and the fishing economy. Thanks for listening. gone it's going
1: good riley how about
0: you new week it's been going good
1: yeah for for our listeners we took about a week or two off from recording um i wanted to celebrate my birthday last week Um, yeah so yeah yeah, it was a good time thanks man uh rachel and i (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 27 um yeah uh rachel and i went we went fishing we took the we took one of the, the station boats out it was it was a good time. Uh, we got yeah. I think five fish between us. Went over went down to Columbus, Georgia for dinner. It was a good time. It was really nice. Really enjoyed. Nice. It was just nice and relaxing. Yeah. Didn't like I left my phone in the car. I didn't have to worry about like answering emails or anything mm-hmm. all day. It was great. Loved it.
0: Columbus. I like Columbus, Georgia. That was mm-hmm. like a the river town of it all. That was so mm-hmm. nice. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It doesn't really have much of a nightlife, but it is like a really nice area.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. what's fun yeah i saw you fishing too Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. one of the perks of going to auburn was uh fishing
1: Mm -hmm. Fishing you can be right there on campus it's great Mm -hmm. yeah remember remember we
0: catfished a couple times there
1: oh that was great Uh, yeah yeah. and we we took them home that night and fried them yep that was was a great time
0: yeah no i've um well my parents were here this weekend Mm. and um it's it's um seasons are just changing so leaves are actually changing even more now um it's it's the cold's coming i think it hit the 33
1: one night here last week That's, that sounds fantastic
0: yeah it was pretty good um just the if, if, if the wind comes off the water like microclimates up here it's it's the thing right mm-hmm. so like mm-hmm. um especially especially if the wind is uh coming off the, the like the, from the north like um north, going towards whatever, whatever ways, um, uh, I'm not going to get into it, but, uh, yeah, that, um, that lake effect is huge. So we, um, yeah, we got... I think
1: down here, you down here at nights, it's just starting to get like dip into the sixties. So I can finally turn the air off at night and like open the windows. Yeah. Oh, it's great. This is like yeah. my favorite time of year. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. No. Um, so I went out sampling at my work. And one of the samples, it's called uh, the Apostle Islands, mm. and um, mm-hmm. we we uh, took the ferry over, right? And then like it's like a really affluent area of like all these people's houses, but like on the on the north side is where we, we sample. It's one of our, our beach sample sites, and uh, it was it was really windy, like fifty miles an hour, which is doesn't sound like a lot, but like no. the waves coming from the north, because it was um the wind was blowing mm-hmm. from the north, coming southward, and we went to like the northmost point on the island. And I mean, there was like three or four foot waves. Like, I was like, whoa, like it's mm. um, the unsalted ocean. <laughs> like, I was like, holy moly. Um, <laughs> there's like one, there's a, there's a, like a jewelry store or something at the one place. It's really touristy, this one plot spot. And they call it like the, the unsalted sea or something. <laughs> and I was like, "Yep." <laughs> okay. But, um, yeah. So uh, change in seasons. I don't know. They always talk about like, the winds coming up here so yeah we'll see hmm. if it's okay. true or not yeah, yeah. experiencing it and um i'm fine
1: hi everyone welcome back to Freshwater perspectives i'm one of your co-hosts matt gladfelter along with my other co-host riley buley how you doing today riley
0: hi matt doing good
1: good so for any of our new listeners how riley and I like to run the podcast here is we to switch off every week as to who's going to run the show here so i'm taking a back seat today and riley is in charge so what do you got for us today riley
0: yeah thanks matt so we'll be talking about climate change global warming um, whatever you want to call it and we're going to look at how it influences recreational fishing with a kind of a specific influence on um or emphasis i should say on like the economics of fishing so um as i've been getting out of school um i don't know stuff with dollar signs in front of it like we we talked about this <laughs> a few times it's just the human dimensions but then like like yeah this is gonna happen but like what like what does i mean like tangibly like and uh so these studies with again with dollar signs i'm like hmm. mm-hmm. like it, it really for some reason it's really resonating with me um at this point in time in my life so uh that's what i'll be <laughs> talking about right yeah so um let me let me get a, a little bit of an introduction and then we're gonna kind of have an introduction to the, the other part so um, yeah climate change it, it's occurring right um, and you, you better believe that it's going to like affect freshwater ecosystems um, with that effectiveness like the, there'll be influences on recreational angling as well and that's what we'll be talking about today and I think really the in- interesting scientific question obviously this could be somewhat perceived as kind of like a political, politically charged word let's just mm-hmm. leave it at that and like we're definitely not going to be focusing on that um, definitely the show is not political um so i think really the interesting question here is you know not not if client change is going to affect freshwater fisheries but how and to what extent so a lot of these papers mm-hmm. um are really trying to just get a better handle of you know if, if x y and z happen what are the what are the outputs going to be um and i'm going to talk about two papers really here um about that cool. so so um what any any topical thoughts before i go on <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i think i think it's yeah this is a this is a, always a tricky subject right yeah. without kind of upsetting too many people um but i mean nothing really i mean it's it's yeah. so tough when i was doing um some summer research as an undergraduate at the university of virginia um they were working on a project seeing how um global warming and like excess ozone kind of in in the lower parts of the atmosphere whether that would interfere with like bee communication and Mm -hmm. bees picking up chemical cues from flowers um and they, they saw some minor effects so that was actually pretty interesting and i think it's just something that we don't really think about um and you talked a little earlier about microclimates right and a lot of organisms have these really particular uh kind of temperature ranges so a couple of degrees it might not seem like a lot and it might not yeah. be for most organisms but for a handful it can be a really big deal
0: for sure yeah and uh just so everybody in FYI um Matt and I don't necessarily tell each other what we're going to be talking about today so um this is this is new to Matt and what he'll um mm-hmm. next round will be new to me but uh I think that's makes it a little more um not unique exciting but, um, exciting <laughs> right or uh, sincere yeah, yeah. this podcast is a little more sincere <laughs> than uh, so yeah, yeah. um with this article too so we we have articles on um our website fish water and travel so freshwater perspectives um what we're going to talk about we, we usually write an article too so um it, it the, the story that we're going to be telling is scripted in that sense um and if you are are uh not an audio person, but you like to read, um, you can go there and there'll be a a corresponding article on our website, as well as this will be recorded um, on YouTube. So visually, audio, um, you can read it as well. But um, let's get back into it, okay? So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so definitely there's been a lot of research on this subject, right? And, you know, alterations to freshwater um, fisheries. So if there's an alteration to a freshwater fishery, a habitat, there's going to be an influence on, you know, angler preference and ultimately angler preference might shift economies of fishing um with this research there's kind of been an estimate of if climate change in the united states is going to happen and to what severity it's unknown there's been some studies not the ones we're going to be talking about today um there'll be either 1.1 million dollars to 1.7 billion dollars um that's going to be the shift from into (laughs) year 2100 2100 yeah yeah um so definitely wow. a wide severe range. so that, that is to say um, ranges or estimates it's still kind of unknown, right? And mm-hmm. again luckily the, the scientific world has looked into this topic and we're going to kind of cover two in more in-depth studies that um, kind of gets better estimates and my change uh, in my, my opinion about climate change. One of them is looking into the future and the other one has kind of assessed what has been happened in the last three decades so um actual data and then looking into the future and how that's going to to occur okay
1: okay, okay. yeah i like it so, so far
0: that was an intro to the podcast but let's kind of intro um climate this rec- recreational fisheries before we go into these two studies so mm-hmm. just to give a little more background so researchers from utah state university um thinks in this in this um kind of like an extension article i found there was climate change and how it's going to affect freshwater fisheries. And they, they kind of boil it down to three different ways. Okay. So, um, climate change will have affecting environmental conditions, which will ultimately affect, um, fish abundance and diversity. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if you think of where we'll be talking about a lot about temperature ranges in these couple of articles, so, um, cold water, cool water and warm water are kind of like these fish, um, categories that you can put freshwater fish into so cold water just um, for for what we'll be talking about in the future is about 50 to 65 degrees Fahrenheit cool water is 65 to 70 degrees Fahrenheit and then warm water is 70 to 85 degrees okay okay but um, if you think of especially in regards to temperature drought precipitation uh, you can see changes especially with water temperatures you might have an area that's cool water. It's going to shift into warm water. That's going to shift what kind of fish are there, right? So mm-hmm. that will have an effect on fish abundance and diversity, just implicitly. There's there's temperature tolerances and fish just might not be able to live there, right? But that mm-hmm. can also change, you know, spawning grounds, for example, feeding habitats or habits as well. So it's kind of unknown getting there. But, you know, these things can all change with... Um, variations in aquatic habitat due to climate change okay mm-hmm. so second one that they talked about is angular preference so if you have an area that was once filled with cold water fish species and an example is trout okay brook trout so they really need cool clean water um, any deviation from that you know they're not going to be there so if you have fishermen going for that they're not there anymore that that brook trout's not there anymore you know, fish preference is going to change as well. Okay. And we'll be talking oh, about this quite a bit, right? Gotcha. And then Yeah. The, the third, um, kind of effect that, um, climate change is going to have on freshwater fisheries from this, this article from Utah state university is, you know, how, how are managers going to manage those inland fisheries? So, you know, if you, if you need to modify where spawning grounds are going to happen you might have to have those um we talked about this in a couple podcasts ago about you know maybe slot sizes you know you might have to you might have to buffer or account for that that diversity changes in your your fish population as well as what are your anglers doing you know if they're going to really hammer an area because they know that's like the last spot in your area that this certain fish lives you know during spawning time for example you know you might have to have different um seasons right so Sound makes sense?
1: Yeah, no, yeah. totally. Okay. I mean, yeah, it's... Again, I think when you think of global warming, you just think of, you know, kind of turn the thermostat up a little bit, and that's really it. But yeah, it's when yeah. you think about angular preference, I mean, yeah, there's a lot that already ties into this.
0: Yes. And then the kind of this... So those are the three things, right? But then this bonus thing that we'll be really focusing on, and I want to drive home um, multiple times this podcast, is that angular preference comes with it different dollars to different areas, okay? So if you are going... Um, you know, fishing in one spot fish, aren't there. You're going to take your, you know, summer trip somewhere else, for example. And this can be, this can be huge. So, um, again, to highlight these issues, we're going to talk about our case studies. The first one is looking at a three decade long study in Montana, and this is looking at trout streams and its effect or its impact with tourism tourism. So, um, this was from Klein et al 2002. This was like hot off the press so hooray and this is from (laughs) science advantage and so really focusing in on this cold water fish habitat Uh, trout streams cold water if you can think about um, rainbow trout uh, brook trout those are cold water species and then you can get into cool water species like uh, brown trout can have a little bit more thermal tolerance but uh, really focusing on this cold water habitat so this is really really important for um, Montana so this paper is really focusing in on the rocky mountain area of montana okay and Mm -hmm. a little background about this paper as well so uh climate change if you think of influences on water temperature weather patterns and drought are kind of what it's going to talk about and with that you can have maybe different um angular opportunities because of that drought and what this, this the key focus of this paper is that if if you have an area that has diversity or resilience to drought, specifically, uh, you might be better able to accommodate more anglers and their impacts, and not really, not really lose that tourism money. But um, that's that'll be what it talks about. And definitely, with within you know diversity, it, you know, surviving adverse environmental conditions like climate change, you know biology really relies on diversity. This could be from gene pools. Uh, definitely fish with different thermal tolerances not all fish live in 50 degree water right we have 50 to 85 or even higher so there's Mm -hmm. those thermal tolerances right um varying aquatic habitats there's all these things that come into play and if you have an area with diversity in your aquatic habitats um you might be better um you you might be better off with if climate change happens you might have able to, to buffer right so definitely if you are a fisherman though and you want to fish really specifically for for cool water fish species um that's kind of like at the lower end of the thermal tolerances so if it gets warmer like cool water there's not a lot of buffer room right so Mm -hmm. if you're a a fisherman and you're going for it you might have to go to different areas to to go for that cold water fisheries right and definitely this is what it's it's finding in in montana and they're kind of worried about that um the so here's a, a great little uh number with a dollar sign in front of it uh montana rocky mountain range this fishery it brings in 750 million dollars a year okay wow that's 20 percent of the entire state's tourism wow yeah and mo- a lot of it a lot of it is coming from non-resident angling okay
1: that makes sense to me honestly yeah all the all the guided fishing 100 yep. yeah
0: guided fishing that's got that like allure Right, you got mm-hmm. river runs oh, through yeah. it, I think was from Montana. Right. Yeah, it's like Montana's <laughs> yeah, it's got that um it's got that vibe. So oh, yeah. <laughs> and um so the methods of this paper, let's jump into that really quickly. So what the the researchers did is they looked at um five thousand kilometers or that's about um, thirty one hundred miles of river and streams, trout streams, um from 1983 to 2017 so like a the three decade ish span mm-hmm. right and they're looking at how temperature stream flow and drought changed in that area and how that mm-hmm. relates to fishing fishing pressure okay yeah um so that's we'll just keep it at that really that's what it's looking at and then we're looking at how subsequently um how angler dollars changed throughout the state okay okay so here's it's uh next this is the finding section and it's going to get be okay. some some dollars. We're gonna not get too far into the data, but uh, keep it keep it light. But uh, definitely some uh, some big numbers coming at you. Okay, so yeah, interestingly, from 1983 to 2017, um, the fishing pressure in the the Rocky Mountains increased from 800,000 fishing days to 1.7 million fishing d- days per year. So wow, um, definitely that the Montana um, allure is still alive and well and yeah montana
1: tourism pat mm -hmm. pat yourself on the back there driven
0: largely by non-resident anglers so non-resident angling was up 280 percent. so a lot of a lot of people coming into the the state of montana this area and what's interesting though it's not all parts of this rocky mountain region Um, had the same amount of fishing pressure. It wasn't dispersed, right? There are specific rivers that got a lot more fishing pressure from Mm -hmm. these extra angling days. So angling days is something that um, I guess is new to me. Before reading this, um, both studies talk about like fishing days per year. So like, I guess that makes sense, right? Like if you're, can't be like we have 12,000 residents going fishing because those 12,000 people might, you know, go fishing for, 70 days out of the year you know what i'm saying so yeah fishing days per year that, that is a good assessment of um effort right or individuals going mm-hmm. out fishing so uh okay. major rivers for maybe someone's in montana like well, what rivers are you talking about um or if you you want to go to montana and be like well wh- where should i avoid or maybe where should i go if you think that these are really it's popular for a reason right so uh yeah um, maybe <laughs> yeah maybe so i don't know um blackfoot bitterroot and madison okay um okay. these rivers experienced a 1600 percent increase in fishing pressure over those three decades wow
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's
0: a lot that's a lot so <laughs> why that's a question right um yeah why, why did a, they I... why did some rivers get more while other rivers um you know there's a Possibly they saw that there was a decline in some fishing pressure in some areas. And what mm-hmm. they saw really to blame was drought. So fishing pressure was reduced in river stretches that um, could not withstand the influences of drought, um, which they relate to, to climate change. Um, but areas that were unaffected or those um, drought resistant streams, uh, more, more fishing pressure was, was allocated to those stream stretches. And what was interesting was they thought, found that resident anglers knew um, to avoid areas that had like were drought stricken before mm-hmm. non-resident anglers did. Um, so <laughs> it, the, the, the the old adage of like you know where where do the locals fish um, mm-hmm. really rings true. So mm-hmm. find where the locals going because they know um, before maybe non-residents.
1: Yeah, for sure. I love studies that bring up a lot of numbers like this because it it makes me want to ask a lot of questions Mm -hmm. um and some of it i guess makes sense right is that if you have systems that are you know obviously have a drought people are going to move to they're all going to kind of eventually converge onto one system just because you're instead of people being spread out you're just concentrating them um so you could argue that's fudging the numbers a little bit but you already said that the actual number of angling days has more than doubled in that three decade span which is so not only are you getting more anglers you're getting more anglers in less spots which yep. is perhaps concerning and
0: um so definitely uh i did jump
1: ahead a little bit for
0: the drought so that that's like the, the main crux of this paper is what they found mm-hmm. but they also found that you know some reasons that some rivers got more pressure could be attributed to location so if you are a non-resident angler flying in and you're by a major metropolitan in montana that that is um possibly another reason but uh definitely it looked like the stats was um finding that this these drought areas were kind of the the main if i'm reading it correctly the main um finding of this paper okay so um mm-hmm. just so we're mm-hmm. all clear um <laughs> um so let's <laughs> let's talk about like uh economics of fishing and climate change so um this study definitely found that anglers were going for cold water of these pristine areas the most okay uh cold water fisheries so there are other fisheries in this area so like there's there's cool and warm water fisheries so like bass and walleye are definitely in this area as well but uh, mm-hmm. anglers were targeting cold water species four to ten times more than other ones okay mm. and then in total so yeah right four to ten times more that's great right but mm-hmm. here, here's some dollar signs right so um in total cold water areas generated half a million dollars per river kilometer okay
1: wait per, that per again? year
0: half a million dollars per river kilometer per wow year. so each stretch wow half a million yeah yeah wow isn't that great wow and then um they found that areas that had cool or warm water fisheries um were per per kilometer river kilometer that was about sixty thousand dollars per year. That
1: is such a big difference. A I mean difference almost 10 times, right? Wow. $440,000.
0: Wow. So, wow. Areas that can keep this resistant cold water fishery going just money, you know what I'm saying? Like it just just people yeah. for for lodging, for guide service, you know, lures, all that um and the people are just allocating their time to these areas so it's really um again putting that dollar sign of this this idea of climate change for for Mm -hmm. fisheries. So isn't that crazy?
1: Yeah, I will say too, maybe I'm not too surprised that the cold water species are targeted that much more. I mean, maybe it's that much more is surprising, but they are targeted more in Montana just because, especially if out-of-staters are like kind of really uh kind of propelling this trend Mm -hmm. if i'm going all the way to montana i already have i have a lot of warm water species wherever i fish i want to target those cold water species definitely um so yeah i want to target those those trout and those those other species yeah there's there's bass i can go get bass or walleye um yeah almost anywhere else um so yeah
0: and unfortunately a, a big finding that they they kind of estimate into the future so this is the past three decades and then they kind of took it to see like well what are what are these trends gonna look like maybe um in 2040 and 2080 and cold water habitats there were some areas that were resistant but you know the resistance is only for so much and then Mm um you know changes are going to occur so they think about 35 to 80 percent of cold areas might be might be lost um this could Mm -hmm. lead to about a 30 percent reduction in angler pressure to those areas so um definitely the next paper that we'll be talking about but in this paper as well too so it's like you're not gonna people like to fish right and they're going to go fish so you might not lose all anglers but um their their preferences are going to change so like mm-hmm. even though you might lose 80 percent of the cold water areas you know the bass and and walleye might might go into those areas in some cases mm-hmm. um and that that could not lead to a as great a reduction to to angler pressure loss um so they're not they're definitely not linear right yeah
1: um correlated but mm-hmm. yeah. and i'm guessing that loss of cold water habitat that was mostly a lot like a lack of snow melt I, i'm assuming so
0: i'm not exactly sure but uh definitely uh, there there was some reasons why they had some resistance and i definitely i think okay. altitude was one of them as well or that could be in the other paper but um yeah I won't I won't yeah um, just because I didn't write it down I'm not gonna yeah
1: no conjecture
0: (laughs) use my brain a little too much to try to remember (laughs) okay so yeah that was um that was the Montana story yeah okay so a lot a lot of numbers right
1: yeah I like I said I like it because I think that's a head turner um Mm -hmm. whenever I'm trying to write a report or something just for like the layperson especially or even just like most people i think most people understand numbers and like you said i think a lot of people understand dollars right Mm -hmm. so if you can say oh like this thing is impacting this area and you go okay that's cool but if you're like oh this area this thing is costing this area like two million dollars every year everyone goes oh shoot yeah all right we need to figure out like what that problem is so i think what
0: what's powerful with that paper and why it's getting a good amount of attention as of recent it's 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 real data i mean a portion of that project was yeah it's it's 30 years of um data so that's that's not a necessarily a a model it's it's real tangible so um yeah uh very interesting um Mm -hmm. let's let's jump so this one is gonna next article is gonna look more into the the future okay Okay. so uh (laughs) the future um so this was from jones et al in the journal of mitigation and adaptation strategies for global change never heard of the the journal um fun mm-hmm. name so i'm trying to verbally cite my sources it's in the article yeah. but actually no, I like um, it right so i'm always like ah, i found this number i'm like yeah it's not if i was listening <laughs> to a podcast i would get where did you find the number sir um so it's a balance right of uh mm-hmm. not too much jargon but um definitely i think it's important to um attribute what author but uh So this person is looking at temperature driven climate change and how these, um, affect freshwater habitats, uh, a number that they, they found though, or definitely cited was, so the recreational fishing in the United States, like overall, what, what do you think, uh, that number is like, what, what, what kind of, um, revenue is brought in for that? It's in the billions. It's gotta be in the
1: billions. Um, I'm gonna say funny. oh geez. I'm gonna say like three billion. Forty two billion. I won't forty two yeah. in suspense, <laughs> right? So um I should well. have put this at
0: the the front, right? So it's like recreational fisheries like this is this is huge, right? So it's like yeah um it's it's more so like it's not just mom and pop going fishing, like, you know, on your local stream. This is this these are real numbers, this is tax mm-hmm. revenue, right? So um, Oh
1: yeah, the um Pittman Robertson. Yeah. Act. So, yeah, um, that excise tax.
0: If you ever think of like why, and we'll do a podcast on this one day, but like why, why in some situations your, um, lures, for example, cost so much money or like why, why does fuel at the marina cost so much money? It's because it's, it's taxed more, right? There's a, mm-hmm. there's a tax that is meant to be generated and that goes into conservation, right? So in this study, it's, it's going to look at like three scenarios. Two, uh, Year two thousand one hundred, twenty one hundred, and it's mm-hmm. looking at with greenhouse gas emissions. You know, if we have low emissions, moderate, and high emissions, I'm not going to give specifics other than that. And mm-hmm. how how will that influence temperature and drought, and how is that going to influence fish habitat and therefore um, recreational fishing pressure? Okay. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and this really focusing again on this cold, cool, and warm water fisheries. How is this going to change as temperature changes in rivers and streams? Okay. Yeah. So, um, this is in the United States specifically and really kind of looking at overall loss of fishing days and revenue. So results, um, when they did the, this modeling, okay. What they found was up to 54% of cold water fisheries would be replaced by cool and warm water fisheries throughout the United States. Um, mm-hmm. With areas getting so warm that um, only rough fish would survive. So an example mm-hmm. of rough fish that might be a crass word, maybe now to say, but it, it's like common carp, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's if yeah. you had to choose to, well, some people really like common carp, but um, there's there's just rough fish. I don't know how to yeah. like I mean, suckers. Rough and, fish is
1: a nicer is a nicer word. We just called them trash fish in Jersey. Trash fish, garbage <laughs> yeah.
0: manfish. fish. Yeah, no. Um, yeah. Yeah, we call them rough fish. I like uh, big mouth buffalo or mm-hmm. um, those other ones, gar. Some some people really yeah. like gar, though, but uh, yeah, yeah, they're interesting. The, Definitely interesting. The less
1: targeted species.
0: Less targeted. I mean, if you think about a bass fisherman pulling up carp, for example, they, they might get mm-hmm. a little, uh, little angry. Or if you're going mm-hmm. trout fishing, for example, and then you're pulling up carp. Um, mm-hmm. So cold-water fisheries would remain in the United States, they found, even, I think, with the, the most extreme... Um, scenarios but it's it's really limited to a few areas like the the western u.s and the appalachian mountains could really mm. um hold these fish and definitely related to altitude and snow mountain yeah what what's what's cooling those waters for example mm-hmm. uh so yeah it's a uh, pretty pretty grim right yeah um so how does this water temperature change to or relate to the, the economics of ref- recreational fisheries mm-hmm. and uh, you guessed it um and it reduced the amount of fishing days people um are going to be allowed or allocated um so by 2031 it's an estimated 1.25 million fishing days would be lost in cold water fisheries okay and then by um the year 2100 it's 6.2 million fishing days are lost to to give you another put that in perspective they average that 136 million fishing days in the united states um are performed yearly if that makes sense so like it's like 4.7 percent um loss in fishing day okay
1: okay it's not a small number though Mm -hmm.
0: not a small number and it's again going back to you know like why why is that number i don't want to say small but yeah it's it's on that like kind of on the lower end you're like oh gosh like why wouldn't it be kind of a bit more if all these cold water mm-hmm. fisheries and it's it's the idea that um or the the, the thought process that people are still going to go fishing like if you're really into fishing like you maybe you can't fish for trout but maybe you're going to get into largemouth bass in your area right so mm-hmm. um despite these cold water fish days being lost um then they're going to switch to cool and warm water like fisheries people would switch okay so yeah. um but in areas where like uh only rough fish are definitely that's going to severely severely limit how many people are going to fish in that area okay so uh definitely uh from minnesota i know a couple lakes for example shallow lakes specifically they would have like a winter kill where a lot of prized fish would die and then like carp would survive in there and like definitely you you would see a angling pressure moving off Mm -hmm. right so um I remember one of those lakes i know for like when i grew up they it was like just a carp lake you know what i'm saying and then like <laughs> as of recent i was they're like yeah the dnr stocks that like or it's like a an area where the dnr is like getting their walleye mm-hmm. um so like i think they like i don't know this for sure but like i think they kind of knew that like there wasn't a whole lot of fishing pressure so like this is where like they're gonna keep walleye like mm. right, so I was like, that's kind of smart. But then people yeah. got on, so like, we yeah, were fishing. Eventually, out there we, we like yeah. hammered a bunch of like little like three, four inches, which <laughs> like isn't fun, but also you're like volume, like <laughs> it's going down. But that was ice fishing. That was fun, but oh, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So just to, to to close this loop on this study, definitely, um, there's you know a lot of loss of, of fishing days, and that can equate to dollars, right? So this mm-hmm. study um estimates that about one hundred eighty one excuse me, estimates that eighty one million to six point four billion would be lost in, in revenue. Like uh mm-hmm. recreational revenue. So um again that would be six point four billion out of the forty two billion that was estimated mm-hmm. in forty um in 2006 so it's yeah, it's that's a chunk. Not a small number it's yeah not a small number but if you really think like two again like tying in that montana number like definitely things are going to change but especially with like areas that really throw down on tourism yeah that you might only lose a percentage of the overall like fishing industry but if, you, if you're a, the town that's relying on a cold water fisheries and that fisheries is gone like Whole towns are going to be. It's not going to be a uniform hit. That's what I'm trying to point. Out. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. You know, some areas are going to be like, wow, you like it? it's really, um, not what it used to be. So. Yeah. 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 yeah
1: uh, I. Yeah. Mm, yeah. No, I mean, I think, I think that's you kind of hit it at the end there, just talking about how this is really just going to hurt certain people the most, and. Yeah, my heart goes out to the cold water uh, of guiding industry for sure, because mm-hmm. I'm sure they're going to take a huge hit, unfortunately. Um, yeah, so yeah. was so were these numbers from that low emission um scenario or it was a, a blend scenario? from low, medium, oh, high? Okay. So like uh, gotcha, definitely gotcha, gotcha. like
0: with the 54 percent of the fisheries could be replaced with uh from cold to cool and warm. That was like, um through those three estimates that was like up to 54 okay oh i see yep, okay yep, yep, yep. okay yeah i try to blend gotcha. it out a little bit i see what you're saying um otherwise we would have figures and graphs and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah i got you analyzing but yeah no so um definitely a blend right so mm-hmm. uh i had another little section so and there was that uh, <laughs> can climate change benefit freshwater fisheries Ooh, that is a that's quite the the spin Yep. so i tried i was like what's 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 on the other side of this and it really what i could think of was if you're for example a bass fisherman and Mm -hmm. you have a greater um bass like largemouth bass that would be warm water fish species Mm -hmm. um within Mm -hmm. that warm cool and warm water range okay Mm -hmm. so if you yeah if your areas are turning to more more weedy warmer areas largemouth basses population you know spreads uh you might if you're a fisherman bass fisherman yeah you might enjoy more area but uh that's that's the only (laughs) this is a a very (laughs) short section because that's the only like spin (laughs) that's not um, a
1: very strong leg to stand on there i know Um, know.
0: but yeah so hmm. um Definitely, definitely an interesting range for sure. And, you know, just to to wrap up, you know, we talked about Klein, Jones. So Klein was the Mm -hmm. the Montana um, anglers. So definitely the through lines with, well, I'll give both an example is that, yeah, there's climate climate change, uh, could be in the forms of temperature, drought, um, and that's going to influence fish habitat, like we talked about. It could be by warming of temperatures. It could be, no water if you have drought conditions for example and so fish are going to move Um, there's some blend of resiliency as well some some areas might be able to withstand these changes some might not Um, but that's going to affect what fish are on what area anglers are going to go for those fish because they like to fish for x y and z if it's not there they're not going to go to that area and with that angler movement comes um, different changes to the economy so Uh, some economies might do better some might do worse and that movement or they're just in large regions overall uh, there could be estimates of you know the water is so warm that only x y and z fish come and people don't like to fish for that so there's a overall reduction in the fishing industry overall so those are definitely the two main take-homes a lot of papers in this field okay these are just two Hmm. Uh, if you're interested in this uh, they're there's more out there, definitely. So I don't want to say this is like the <laughs> the definite <laughs> podcast on this. We could, I mean, you could go down a rabbit hole with climate mm-hmm. change, as I'm sure people have have known. Um, so yeah,
1: I'm gonna stop yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting, and um, hmm. yeah, I'm definitely. I mean, if we're talking about like habitat loss, right, and then you're you're just talking about so not only are the number of fishing opportunities decreasing, but the number of fish are obviously decreasing at that point. So then you're having a concentration of anglers over a smaller population of fish. So I can definitely see circumstances in some areas where you can have a large decrease in like the, the tags available or the seasons may get shortened. So yeah, this, this certainly has a, huge implications for entire uh, entire fishing economies
0: yes that's a great point and i definitely did want to before ending like tie into that that management aspects of it too so mm-hmm. if you we talked about like if, if water is so warm that spawning grounds like you know you really have to maybe focus your management efforts on that reproduction point or mm-hmm. you know have to rely on artificial spawning that's an aside the point is like this this has management implications even more so than like the economy as well. So if you have stretches of river, if you think about like Montana cold water stretches where it was like, you know, half a million dollars per kilometer um, mm-hmm. and you only have a reduced amount of kilometers that people can, can go to river miles. Um, yeah. You might have to manage those streams because they get fished out you know, people moving through a stream system. Uh, even if you try really hard, you're going to have some kind of um, if you're, you're upsetting the, the, ecosystem in some way shape or form so if you have mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of foot traffic like that that can be big too so um management is going to have to adapt to that as well mm-hmm. so that's um yeah a lot of a lot of factors in this climate change type of a uh, thought process
1: yeah and some of it can be small steps too you mentioned earlier how um like shading can obviously really affect the, the water temperature mm-hmm. and i remember reading a, a paper and as an undergrad where we were talking about the it was macroinvertebrates and uh, water temperature. And there was, um, you know, they were like taking usual EPT taxa. So uh, what is it? Ephemeroptera, Plecoptera, Tricoptera. So it's like mayfly, caddisfly, stonefly. Um, they're good indicators species for like the health of a stream. Mm-hmm. So they were looking at it before and after a particular uh, neighborhood was developed, right? So obviously it was a regular forest, tons of taxa. Then it was clear cut, a um, bunch of neighborhoods put in. And the really the only thing that really changed, I mean, they looked at nutrients; those changed a little bit. They looked at like toxins and things like that; those didn't really increase all that much. But the big thing was the water temperature increased a ton. Yeah. And just by reintroducing some shade and you know some trees and some um, um, some riparian zones, um, they saw some obviously not to the level it was before, but some recovery of those of those taxa. So it can be just as little things as planting trees yeah. can help combat obviously, but definitely not completely uh, overcome it
0: in the the driftless region of minnesota iowa wisconsin my, my favorite place but uh I, I remember learning that too when i was good doing school there was that the tree definitely shade cover is huge mm-hmm. and buffering runoff so yeah it's you know, definitely like um, non-point source runoff is it's huge for nutrients but also for water temperature so mm-hmm. yeah um, especially in areas where you have groundwater recharge of streams like if you're if you're getting atmospheric rain or more so just water running over that land and absorbing that heat for lack of a better word Mm -hmm. i'm definitely not my field of study too much but that can increase temperatures to the point where that 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 range of cold water fish species um can cannot survive so yeah Yeah. shading but it could be as simple as planting trees definitely
1: yeah i mean again there's a ton more needs to be done, and like you said, there's already a ton, like an entire field of research dedicated to this kind of stuff. But I think this is yeah. uh, this is a great intro. Riley, nice job.
0: Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yep. <laughs> Maybe we'll cover this in a couple of years again, and
1: yeah, I'm sure we'll circle back to it.
0: Oh, I'm sure. Bye. Okay. <laughs> well, thanks everyone for listening. Again, we're talking about climate change, its effects on the recreational freshwater fishing industry if you enjoyed this article um, you can find more like it at fish water and travel we also have a blossoming backlog of freshwater perspective um, episodes as well that you can check out uh, we are present on most social medias uh, instagram youtube um, type in Freshwater and travel and freshwater perspectives will, will come up so thank you again for listening we hope you enjoy